Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Appleton. Is Sin Shoe Chew. Alright, alright. Welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Vaughn, founder of FantasySixPack.net and writer over at SoCalledFantasyExperts.com. Uh, as always, co host is here, AJ Applegarth. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? What's going on? Ah, not too bad. Just uh, running a little late today, but all good. Here, ready to roll. Uh, got the uh, tight end preview tonight. And <clears throat> Alex Hamrick from Fantasy Six Pack is on the line. So without further ado, let's bring him on. What's going on, Alex? Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Up, man? Um, yeah. So tonight we're bringing you on to do the tight end preview with us. Uh, you wrote the tight end preview for uh, over at Fantasy Six Pack. So you know, like we've done the last three shows, the writer who does the position over Fantasy Six Pack comes on and does the the show with us. Um, and we'll roll from there. But, you know, with tight ends, I don't know. My, my draft strategy for tight ends is, is a, little, a little weird. I never really know quite how I'm going to attack the tight end position in any given draft. Um, typically, I just tend not to grab, like, a top two, three, four tight end. Uh, I feel like whenever they go... You know, the the top three or four tight ends usually go in the first, I don't know, four, five rounds. And whenever it's like their name and then a wide receiver or a running back at the same position, the same area that you would draft, I always look at it and think, man, I'd much rather have the receiver. And so I typically do. Uh and so what ends up happening to me is I tend to grab, you know, the 10, 11, 12, sometimes even later, because there's always a random person in my draft that will take a backup tight end before I take my first. Uh, so, you know, I'm always stuck with like the Eric Ebron's, the, you know, the, those types of guys, you know, the guys who have a lot of upside, but are very inconsistent, and, you know, I, I just live with it. And some, every once in a while, it's worked for me. You know, a couple of years ago in a very deep league, I grabbed, uh, 
what was it Zach Miller or, or whoever it was from the Bears? Or that when Marty Bennett was there? I guess it might it might have been when Marty Bennett was there. And he had that like huge season. Um, every once in a while, like I find gold late in the drafts, and so I just because of that, I think I'm skewed toward trying to do it over and over and over again. And a lot of times I get burned by it. And because, and what I mean by that is I'm usually stuck with the guy that gives me, you know, four points a week, if not less. And then every once in a while I'll get like a blow up week. Yeah. I think I'm just trying to load up in all the other positions and then hopefully find a sleeper somewhere or somebody off the waiver wire who is going to, you know, give me consistent points. And sometimes I can do it and sometimes I don't, and I live with it if I don't. But I don't think I'm ever really going to change my strategy unless one of those top four guys drops in the draft. But they just never do. There's always somebody in the draft who likes to have that consistent top-tier, you know, point coming from the tight end so that they don't have to worry about it week after week. And I, and I get it. I do. I understand that strategy, but I've never thought it was worth it because the points they can give you versus the wide receivers and the running backs that you could draft in the same position just don't match don't match up for me. And plus, the, a lot of the top guys, and we'll get into some of this. A lot of the top guys are very, very, very injury prone, and so I just tend to not want that risk at that point when you're only starting one of them. And if your top, if your only guy goes out then what are you stuck with? So, Alex, what, are, what is your kind of general strategy when you go into a draft for tight ends? I'm, I'm a late-round tight end guy. Uh, I definitely pass on the elite guys, and I normally don't take a tight end. I'm probably the same as you. I normally don't look at one till the 11th round. And, yeah, you, you don't get the elite, consistent guys, but one of the statistics I found when writing the tight end preview was, on average, there's – five tight ends that go over the last five years each year there's five tight ends on average that go in the 11th round or later that finish finish as a tight end one that's in the top 12 and Mm -hmm. um so i thought you can find players that are going to be tight end ones and also if you don't get the elite guys then it, it doesn't even if you wait or you go in the fifth round and get the next level that's not elite you're still getting inconsistencies. And I wrote that in the, uh, one of my tight end articles It's just, if you don't get the elite guys and everyone's about the same, they're, they're going to be inconsistent and then they're going to have good weeks. So you can, you might as well wait and, um, and draft tight end and load up on other positions. And I also don't normally draft a second tight end under rare circumstances while I consider drafting a second tight end. Yeah, I, I never do either. Although, uh, our co-host here loves drafting tight ends, apparently, and he's zoned three at a time. So, AJ, let's get your take on this. Yeah, I, uh, I, I definitely see. It's different for me because my personal league, I have a, well, I used to have a tight end and then a wide receiver tight end flex position to just switch it up a little bit. So. Pretty much everybody in that league, and it's a 10-team league, was taking a second tight end. So tight ends tended to go off a little bit quicker uh, in that league as well. But, yeah, I'm not going to jump out and get one of these, like the the very top guys right away. Um, 
I mean, I'm going to kind of go through and just see how the drafts fall to me at least. And then, you know, I, I usually will have a guy that's kind of maybe in that like third tier range, um, probably by the fifth or sixth round. And, and I'm okay doing that. Okay, so you may have to explain that to me a little bit here. So you said third-tier tight end in the fifth or sixth of round? Well, you got to look at – I mean, the guys that you're looking at, I mean, Gronk is kind of in a tier by himself. And then you've got, like, Kelsey, you got Olsen, and I guess you've got Reed, uh, and then you you got the next batch of guys. So, yeah, I think that those top, you know, four or five guys are usually gone. I'm kind of looking at that point to maybe grab my first guy. Okay, so you're you're looking at the Grams, the Eiferts. So so you're you're looking at once the top 4 go, which yes, Gronk goes ADP in the second round. Kelsey's, you know, third round. Olsen and Reed, Reed dropping like a rock because of his injuries um, to his toe. But, um, you know, Reed and Olsen are, are, you know, fourth, fifth round, early fifth round for Reed. So then you're looking at like a Graham Eifert is kind of what you're looking at because those are the fifth, sixth round type of guys. Um, or are you going to try and reach for like a Marty Bennett hoping, you know, he clicks with, with Rogers and or maybe like – you know, reach for like a Rudolph because of the the targets he gets and you know the red zone targets he gets and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I I would definitely. Eifert still kind of scares me a little bit with his injury history. Uh, I do like Graham. I feel like he had a pretty productive, good season last year and he actually did. wasn't injured. Um, so yeah, I'm okay reaching for some of those other guys. Maybe necessarily if it's those guys, I'm I'm probably seven or eight. But, you know, I want to build out my staff. And the other reason, too, in that league is because it's a keeper league. So, you know, I have really good positions, still position guys late as keepers. So I, I have the ability to kind of fill out the rest of these guys a little earlier than some other people might. But that's just that one league. So in the regular leagues that I'm in, I'm probably sitting closer to that 7-8 period to, to try to get somebody. All right, fair enough. So, Alex, let me let me ask you this question. Gronk. So, I, you know, I just mentioned his ADP was, was second round. You know, last year, a lot of people were taking him late first round. Um, Given his injury history, but given his, also given his massive production when he is on the field and healthy, is he worth taking at his current ADP? For me, no, it's not worth it for me. A lot of people believe it's worth it, and they want that tight end. And if he's on the field, he's going to be amazing. Um, to me, second round is way too steep. Injury concern, he's pretty much given the miss a few games in the season. 
And now there's more competition for targets than ever in the offense with the addition of Brandon Cooks, all the pass catching backs, Julian Edelman's still there. Um, and over the past five years, they've only had one pass catcher in New England that eclipsed a thousand yards in a season um, per season. And then only two seasons with multiple players over a hundred targets. So somebody is not going to perform like they think, because you have all Brandon, um, uh, Brandon Cooks, Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman all in the first five rounds. Uh, it's just second round's too steep for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I completely agree with you here. It's, uh, it's kind of a crazy, it's kind of a crazy thought there, you know, with, with all those guys getting drafted in, in the first few rounds for the Patriots. Like it just, people are going to get burned real bad. I, 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 somebody, I forget who brought that up. Was it, it might've been Dennis last week when we were talking about cooks and he was just talking about all the different players that were being drafted really early for the Patriots. And it's like, I don't want any of them except, except Brady. <laughs> it's right, like, yeah. Brady's obviously going to be good because he has all those weapons to go to, but those guys are just going to be massively inconsistent. It sounds like. Um, so yeah, I, I feel you there. AJ, what's your thought about Gronk going in the second round? I mean, it, it's going to happen no matter what, but, Again, I'm not I'm not going to be the one reaching for him. Um, I just think it's too high for for as fragile as he is. Um, I mean, we've seen it year after year. It seems like that he always has some sort of if it's not just a little ticky tack injury that he has to try to play through. You know, then then he'll become a decoy on some some games, most plays, whatever. But then he has these other, you know, season ending injuries frequently. And it's just too, too much of a risk. He's an absolute monster when he's healthy and when he's on the field. Um, So is Jordan Reed, but Jordan Reed is the same exact problem. I mean, he's not a healthy player and he Mm -hmm. always has some sort of injury. So, you know, I, I just I can't say it enough. If you're drafting these guys and you're burning that high of a draft pick, I, I'm not doing it for a tight end. I mean, I do like having a top, you know, like I said, one of the, the higher tier guys because of the points that they can get you. But, I, I mean, tight end is actually pretty deep, I feel like. So, so you can wait a little bit longer. Like I said, I mean, I, I still try to go and get a guy because I just don't want to have to think about it. But if something comes up and I don't, then, then fine, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you all pretty much have said everything I would about Gronk. So we'll just move on here. To talk about one of your favorite players, AJ, and I'll let you start this one off. Antonio Gates, this was your guy. I always made fun of you for drafting him because uh, I just thought he was the uh, the the old man of the group. You know, you, you you've proved me wrong with with him and Gore many many times. Uh, they just seem to always figure it out. But at this point, I think it's safe to say, and I think even you can admit, finally, Gates is kind of done. Like it's. It's not going to be his show anymore. He might have a few yeah. games here and there, but 
the new guy in town is now Hunter Henry. Can he be the new Antonio Gates? Yeah, I think that he can. Um, I'm not 100% sold that that's going to happen this year as far as him being Antonio Gates that we know um, from, you know, four or five years ago when he was really the only go-to that, that uh, Philip Rivers really had. Um, I mean, Gates, another guy who was just a monster tight end and he, you knew that you could count on him and yeah, he's one of my man crushes that I, you know, stayed in the relationship a little too long and, and probably should have gotten out a little earlier. Um, you know, but it's just the the nature of, of, of fantasy. You, you get guys, you fall in love with them, and then you keep them around. Um, but Gates, yeah, he, he's definitely not going to be as productive as he used to be, and even as he was maybe two years ago. Um, he's another guy who, who has some injury issues, um, I feel like he tends to play through them and can still be successful playing through them. But I think that's finally started to catch up with him, especially when he was dealing with those foot issues. I mean, dude, you're a football player. All you do is run routes. So, right. yeah, you're going to hurt yourself more if you continue to run on your aching foot. Um but I do like Henry. I like his upside. I think he's. Uh, I think he's definitely going to come into his own here. Uh, I mean, he he showed flashes of it last year as well. Uh, I mean, he was a pretty solid play. Um, definitely started the season as a waiver guy, but was picked up early and and used often. I felt like so. I, I definitely think he can he can step up and fill that void. Yeah, Alex. What do you think about? It? Hunter Henry taking over the the Gates role there in San Diego, or yeah, not San Diego anymore, LA, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's an easy mix up. Uh, I agree with AJ. Um, Antonio Gates, he's old, um, so he's going to be the number two tight end on that team. I um, I think it's Hunter Henry. But as for being as good as Antonio Gates, I mean, he's certainly going to see the volume. Um, I mean, Rivers loves throwing to his tight ends. I think he tight ends on that team have a 26% target share last year and 45% of the touchdowns went to tight ends. But Antonio Gates is a future Hall of Famer. So, and, and Hunter Henry's still raw. This is only his second year. So I don't think he's going to be as efficient, but he's going to see the, the lead tight end targets, which is probably going to be 85 plus targets again. So he's going to have the volume to be productive. I just don't think he's going to be as efficient as um, Antonio Gates has been in the past because Antonio Gates is one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you guys here. It's, uh, it's. I mean, look, it's going to be tough to replace Gates like 100%. But, yeah, the volume's going to be there. There's going to be games where he's going to absolutely look like a monster, and then there's going to be games where he disappears. And I also still think there's going to be games where Gates catches just randomly two touchdowns, and it's going to destroy Hunter Henry's value. Yeah, he's chasing that record. Yeah, he, you know, he's going to get those touchdowns. And that's what Gates kind of did last year, too, was he didn't do anything but catch, like, two passes for two touchdowns. And it was just like, 
oh, okay. I mean, fantasy owners have loved it. Like, who cares? You got 12 points out of your tight end. Um, perfectly fine. You get 12 points out of your tight end every week. You're sitting, you're sitting pretty. So that's, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what Gates can give you. Not that he's going to do it every week, but you know, he's there for that. He's there for that random touchdown. And uh, that's, that's what you're going with him on. Going back to another, uh, of, of AJ's teams. Now we're, we're switching over to the Eagles and, you know, in weeks past, you know, we've talked about Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith and the additions to the Eagles receiving core and how it's going to help Carson Wentz and, and just that team in general. But what does this do to Zach Ertz's value? Does it hurt it? Does it actually help it? Because it's going to get more coverage off of him. The target's going to be way down for him. What do you think this is going to do for his value? Alex, you go ahead and start this one. Yeah, I think the additions, um, they Ertz's his value. <laughs> Sorry, that's a lame joke. I know, I know, I know. Ertz is the value. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He saw. I mean, he was good last year. I think it was the. I think it was the tight end six, but um, he saw 106 targets. He had 800 uh, plus yards. He's not going to see 106 targets now with Alshon, Jeffrey, and Torrey Smith there, and I guess the awakening of Nelson Aguilar and Jordan Matthews is still there. And I, the last time the Eagles had two capable pass catchers was 2014 with uh, Matthews and Macklin and Ertz saw only 89 targets. So it took 106 targets for him to finally uh, live up to, you know, not necessarily elite, but a tight end one last year. And so I still think he's, he's good because I think he'll be efficient with um, the targets he sees, but he's, he's not going to be second on the team for targets. So I don't think a tight end six is um, going to happen again this year. So I definitely think it, think it hurts his value. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, AJ, let me let me let me ask you a question before you answer. Okay. So, I, I I do agree with Alex that yes, the targets are going to go down. But one question you would you would think, and one scenario is that will the quality of the targets go up because Carson Wentz is now a second year quarterback, and the help you know, the coverage isn't going to be keyed on him because let's be honest, last year, like Jordan Matthews was not, you know, garnering double coverage. Nobody was really being covered all that much in that offense, except for him. Like he was kind of their guy. And so you have to think Alshon is definitely going to draw coverage. Torrey Smith can go deep and draw coverage. Um, Blanking on the third guy who's been there all along, but uh, Jordan Matthews. Thank you, Jordan Matthews. Um, you know he's still there. You know he'll still help, but he's not great by any means. So is the quality of the targets going to be there, and can that lead to him reproducing tight end one value despite the additions to the team? Yeah, I, I, and I kind of had a feeling this is where you were going with it because I was actually going to mention the the quality I think is going to go up. Um, I think defenses, now that they have these other two weapons, you know, along with Matthews, and, you know, Ma- Matthews is an average, at, at best, slightly above average receiver. 
Um, he's been good in this, um, and and he works for it. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see whether they put him more in the slot this year or if they're going to keep him outside and put Smith in the slot. But regardless, Ertz, Ertz is going to definitely have less coverage coming his way, and it's going to free him up a lot more. Um, you know, they've got, they've got Blount in the fold now, who's just, a, you know, a power back. So I feel like there, there's going to be a lot more stacking the line early downs to try to stop him and a lot more zone coverage to try to, you know, get ahead of these deeper routes that they're going to send Torrey Smith on. Um, and really, you know, Alshon can stretch the field. Um, and Matthews has shown that he can get downfield, albeit I think Torrey is probably their better deep threat. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that his quality of targets is – is going to be higher. Um, I, I definitely don't see him getting another hundred six targets, uh, not with with that talent on on the outsides. Um, so it, I, I do think he's going to be a viable tight end option. I, I think he could still be a top ten guy, but it's going to be borderline right at that nine ten area. I feel like. Yeah, I'm not. I'm still not really sure what to think of Ertz. You know, I, I want to watch this offense in the preseason. This is going to be one of the things because, honestly, when I was doing my initial rankings, I was like, oh, I was all over Ertz's value this year, and then I started thinking about it more. And yeah, the addition to Alshon and, and Tory really could destroy his value. But at the same time, like, you just, it's just I'm not really sure what this offense is going to look like because uh, I mean, you know, we talked about it last week, AJ. Alshon, we know, is good, but how good really is Torrey Smith? And we know how average Jordan Matthews can be. So, really, you're, you might be looking at just the addition of Alshon Jeffrey. And we've seen plenty of tight ends have be very good tight ends for fantasy with, you know, one spectacular receiver and a bunch of mediocre receivers. So, I think it's yeah. possible, but I, I want to watch. I want to watch. This is one of the things I will watch in the preseason to kind of see how this offense close. La- last one, and and uh, I don't know. This is a weird guy. I don't, it's kind of interesting. So the, I mean, this guy was like major hype train for a couple of years. Uh, had had a couple huge seasons with uh, with Denver, but Julius Thomas now in Miami, and. And look, it's even more interesting now because Tannehill is done for the year. Have they actually officially announced that yet? They're, it's weird. I, I feel like maybe I've missed that news, but obviously they signed Cutler, so I think everybody's assuming that Tannehill is done. Cutler does like to throw to his tight ends. I mean, he's had successful tight ends from – you know, his time in Chicago. Where does Julius Thomas fit in that Miami offense? And can he be like kind of one of those under the radar guys that you can get probably off the free agent list after the first week, if you really want to. 
Alex, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think it, like you said, it changes now with Jay Cutler there. Um, if it was Ryan Tannehill, then I would say that Julius Thomas has no value um, because Jay Cutler doesn't really throw the tight end much. And Adam, well, at least with the one uh, season we have in sample size with Adam Gase, I think the leading tight end only got 35 targets. But Cutler, like you said, he peppers tight ends with um, targets. Martellus Bennett saw, I think, um, 128 in 2014, 94 in 2013, 80 in 2015. So he, he throws the tight end a lot. One of those years was with Adam Gates as his offensive coordinator. So if he latches on to Julius Thomas like he does with tight ends and peppers him with targets, then I could see um, Julius Thomas having some value. But with, behind Landry, Parker, Ajayi, and Stills, I, I just have to see it because um, if he's going to be behind those guys and he doesn't get the targets that he's, um, that uh, we would want him to get, then he's still a low-end tight end, too. And, and I'd just wait to see it and pick him up off the waiver wire because he's going undrafted. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea that he's got Cutler there now. I definitely think that is a 100,000 times bigger of a boost than what he would have gotten with Tannehill. Um but I, I just, you know, he's kind of been like a nobody his first few years in Denver because he kept having these injuries and, and just couldn't even get to the field to start the season and never got into a rhythm. So I, I think last year in Jacksonville, you know, he he was decent, but, I, I mean, it wasn't what he was in Denver. Um you know, his last few years there. Uh, But I just don't, I don't know what to make of it. I just think that he's going to not, not be a big, big factor this year. I mean, and he missed time last year too. So before he went out, he was doing pretty well. Um, One, two, three, four total touchdowns, you know, 71 yards was his highest uh, yardage total, but he only saw one other game and that was week one at 64 yards. The 72 came in week two, 71, sorry. Uh, Every other game he was under 30 yards. So, you know, and I know Jacksonville struggled at at times last year um, a lot, (laughs) but I just, I can see a lot of similar games out of him where he might be one of these, you know, three, four catch guys for anywhere from 30 to 50 yards and maybe a touchdown, but he, he's going to be very touchdown dependent as far as his value goes. Yeah. I mean, I think Miami wants to run the ball for sure, but you know, I, I, I'll tell you, I, I have moved Julius Thomas up my draft board quite a bit with the, the signing of Cutler, uh, assuming he gets the spot. Um, yeah, I just I think he can he can do some some damage in that in that offense with with Gase and Cutler there. So as many pe- as as much as people are you know poo pooing the the Cutler signing for various reasons, it's uh, it's not such a bad thing for his wide receivers and tight ends. It's never good for his team because they're just not going to win. But 
Um, it's it's never a bad thing for his receivers because he just loves to chuck the ball downfield. So I, I got one little bonus question. We didn't we didn't discuss this beforehand, but I was looking at my rankings a little bit and realized Jack Doyle for Indy. You know, he he's one of those you know sexy picks this year that you can get as your you know one of the last tight end ones, I guess, if you want to call him. You know, he, he's always going to that 10, 11, 12 range of tight ends, if not even later. And with the news that Andrew Luck is possibly going to miss time, let's just say Andrew Luck misses some time and struggles um, you know, as he starts the season because, you know, He's a little rusty. Look, he hasn't really been throwing. Um, he doesn't have the, the arm strength, whatever. You know, what What effect is that going to do on Doyle's value? I mean, are you just avoiding him altogether now in drafts? Um, it, probably I am. I, I mean, I've never I've been a big fan of his. Uh, I mean – he he did have a good season last year, but again, he was very touchdown dependent too. I mean, he had a couple games where he did have a lot of receptions, but you know, not, you know, a decent amount of yards, but the touchdowns is really what helped him out. So, I mean, he didn't score a touchdown after week seven last year uh, and his targets were down. I mean, obviously Andrew Luck wasn't playing, for a lot of that time, but uh, I just think that, uh, you know, he also had Dwayne Allen there. So he wasn't as much of the, I guess he really wasn't as much as a number one guy on paper. Um, but Allen didn't really do much either, except for that one game where he just completely destroyed Joe's season. But, um, I mean, we can't forget that game. It was, uh, <laughs> You know, one of those games that turned into a meme, you know, never forget the Wayne Allen date, blah, 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 versus blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> you're Thank welcome. you for that. <laughs> you're, you're um, but, uh, Alex, I, Alex has no idea what you're talking about. But uh, what, no. you, what, what else would you expect from me here? Um, this is a, this is a, Alex, just, just to give you some insight, this is a, a Monday night <laughs> matchup. I was up by like 24 and a half points right. um, going into Monday night. And the, the guy I was playing basically had mailed it in for the rest of the season. I'm fighting for a playoff spot because my team started 0-4, and, and I crawled all the way back to, like, 4-4. and um, Regardless, I'm down by, like, 24 and change, or I'm up by You're 24 up. and change going into, going into Monday night. The guy I'm playing did not have a tight end starting on <laughs> Sunday. Monday morning, he goes out and picks up Dwayne Allen. And I was like, yeah. all right, so, so he's going to all right, so he's gonna start him? Dude, Dwayne Allen caught like seven passes for 130 yards and three touchdowns in the first half. Oh, I man. lost my mind. Yeah, I'm sitting yeah. here down here cursing on my couch. It was yeah. unbelievable. Everybody on Slack is just, just giving me crap. And I'm like, this is the most unbelievable – 
going to halftime, I only had like a point, like a half point lead. That it was the worst. It was four, four receptions, 72 yards, and three touchdowns is what he finished out with uh, against like the Jets at, it felt at like New more. York Jets, week oh, 13. The week and Dwayne Allen absolutely to get terrible. into the playoffs. The entire rest of the season. Um, yeah, I mean, I still made the playoffs. The rest of the season. I think I still made the playoffs, but I think I lost. He didn't even. He didn't even get that many points the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it was. It was. It, it, it was absurd. stupid. It was stupid. Anyway, moving on. Dwayne Allen, you're dead to me. Um, <laughs> Jack Doyle. Yeah, I'm staying away from him. Alex. <laughs> What's up? I said, yeah, what do you think about Doyle? Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I like Doyle, um, but I don't think he needs to be drafted where he where he's being drafted now if Andrew Luck misses time. Um, but I mean, we've seen it with um, not so great quarterbacks or backup quarterbacks like, like Scott Tolson. He's gonna they like to target tight ends, so I don't think his value goes down significantly. And I think um, if you can um, weather the storm until Andrew Luck is for certain gonna play. I think Jack Doyle makes for uh, a great value in the later rounds, and maybe that's a tight end that, um, in the rare circumstances, that you consider drafting a second guy um, way later, maybe um, someone that's going undrafted to fill in until Andrew Luck comes back. Because I think with Andrew Luck there, Jack Doyle is going to be pretty good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to keep an eye on the Luck news. I think Doyle's value is going to be very tied to Andrew Luck's health this season, as many of the players on that team will. So, anyway, moving on here. We, we've talked a lot about not going after those top guys. You know, the we don't want to we don't want to pick the the top three, four or five guys because we just see their ADP is too high. But when you do that, you do run the risk of grabbing, you know, guys that are just not going to pan out. So then what you're stuck with at that point is looking to the waiver wire. And not that I'm saying, you know, I would never draft any of the guys we're about to mention, but I kind of want to get to all like quick take on these guys, some some non-number one teams, some how about some teams non-number one tight ends that you can keep an eye on, and say these could be fill-ins that you could use in the right matchup, uh, etc. So we're looking at guys like Vernon Davis. Um, Alex, what what are your thoughts on Vernon Davis? Given obviously we know he's a you know he's a really good guy to to grab when when Reed is out, but let's play like Reed's healthy. What's your take on Vernon Davis's value as like a as, a as like a backup tight end for your team if if the guy you draft doesn't work out? Yeah, he's not. He wouldn't be on my radar if, if Jordan Reed's healthy. Of the guy, of the backup tight ends um, across the league, he wouldn't be on my radar. I, I don't like Vernon Davis unless Reed um, is healthy. Washington isn't really an offense known to support 
two tight ends. Kirk Cousins, he spreads the, Kirk Cousins spreads the ball around a lot. He likes to pepper Jordan Reed. And then Jamison Crowder, now Terrell Pryor there. I just don't see the offense supporting two tight ends. So it, unless, Reed's, unless Reed's hurt, which is very likely, so he makes for a nice insurance policy, um, I don't like Vernon Davis as, as an option, as a number two tight end on his team. Yeah, I mean neither. I, I, if if Reed's healthy, you know he's getting the lion's share of the catches. We saw it last year, even with healthy receivers on the team too. Um, I mean he he legitimately was probably the best receiver on that team. Um, yeah. He he just misses time too much, so it's uh it, it's just yeah I'm I'm staying away. I would hope to have a high waiver claim once Reed does go down, though. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I totally agree with you guys there. Another guy, and and Andrew and I went back and forth on even listing him as the non-number one tight end because I'm just not really sure. It depends on which depth chart you're looking at. Um, But for fantasy purposes, a lot of people are going after the rookie for Tampa Bay, O.J. Howard, and we'll get to him in a little bit. So Cameron Brait, as a, we'll call them tight end 1B on Tampa, are you looking at him as somebody who could be a valuable you know, backup option for you? Uh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Alex. You go ahead, AJ. All right. Um, I like Brait. I, I think he, he kind of came out of nowhere last season and, and was a productive – uh, part of that offense. I mean, I know that they kind of had some some running back woes, if you will. Uh, I mean, but Brait finished as the number seven tight end last year. Um, I mean, he he was he was very solid. I mean, he had a catch, at least one catch in every single game, aside from week seventeen. I just don't think he played. I can't remember if it was injury or Tampa Bay just being out of it. Um, but aside from week 16 and week five against Carolina, uh, those were the only two games he only had one catch. Um, so one other game against KC, he had two catches for 18. But every other game, he was getting targets. So I, I still think, I mean, I like that that everybody wants to pin O.J. Howard as the number one guy there. But, you know, I, I until Brait, proves that he's not the number one guy, I, I don't buy that. So I have no problems looking at Brait as a as a either backup tight end option or, or even a late round flyer. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like I like Brait. I think people are, are going in a little too high on Howard here and I, you know, I'll snag Brait if I have to, if I miss on a lot of other guys. Um it kinda of goes back to our Doyle talk but Eric Swope is a guy that I kind of think is flying way under the radar and not that I'm going anywhere near him in drafts but I I was going to keep an eye on him Uh, I I think he's got the potential to make some noise in that offense if Doyle kind of flops or gets hurt especially Um, and look Indy has run with two tight ends a lot so maybe they can keep it up not that both were particularly really successful at the same time, but, you know, they kind of flip-flopped games. And so that's kind of what I was thinking with Swope. But, Alex, what 
what are you thinking with Eric Swope here? Any sort of interest at all? You keep an eye on him? Uh, yeah, my interest is going to be in Swope is going to be tied to Andrew Luck's health, just just like uh, Doyle's. Um, but and like you said, um, they run two tight end sets, and Andrew Luck loves his tight ends, and he supported two tight ends in the past. Um, he throws a ton of touchdowns to the tight end position. I think uh, a couple years back it was Kobe Pleaner and Dwayne Allen who were both um, pretty good in fantasy. Then it was Dwayne Allen and Jack Doyle. Um, so he supports two tight ends, and I think Swope will get touchdowns and he'll get red zone looks, but he's not going to be valuable if Luck's not playing, and he's not going to be someone you can rely on. Or you're going to be disappointed week to week, um, but he's going to have good weeks for you. And so he's definitely somebody, if you're in a bind, um, you could you could stream. Yeah, AJ, anything else to add there on that one? Uh no, I honestly, I, I haven't looked into Swope too much. I don't know much about him. So, you know, until I see, you know, production coming out of him, I, he's not going to be on my radar. It's kind of ignorance is bliss sort of deal, but <laughs> whatever, Fair I'll enough. take it. Fair <laughs> enough. We'll, we'll go with, uh, we'll go with another really low end guy here on the ADP. And we're looking at Denver tight end, A.J. Derby. And I, on our lads, who is the, the depth chart that I use a lot more often than anybody else, he's actually like third. But I kind of think that that's false. I think he's going to climb that depth chart pretty quickly. Um, any interest in the Denver tight end, A.J. Derby there? Uh, Alex, go with it. Uh, no, I, I do not um, have any interest in him or anybody in the pass catching or any pass catchers in Denver that are not named Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas. I just wrote an article. I haven't uh, hasn't been published yet, but it's an article that looks at Demarius Thomas versus Trail Pryor. And while writing that article, I look at the um, the targets that go around in their respective offenses. And over the past couple of years, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I believe the Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, they got their targets. And then the next highest target targeted player was a 35 targets player. Nobody got more than 35 targets, but Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas each of those years. So, or for the past two years. So, I mean, I, I just don't have any faith in um, anybody else in that offense because they're just not going to see, they're not going to see the volume. Yeah, man, I agree with that. Alex with the Alex with the stats, man. Those are those are solid. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea about that. That's that's fantastic stuff. Yeah, I just yeah, don't. Pretty interesting. When I was looking at it, I was surprised. I mean, since Peyton Manning days, it's just that offense has gone just to Emmanuel Sanders and the Mayor's Thomas. <laughs> even even the last year with with uh, Peyton Manning was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, the defense clearly was the the backbone of that that team and you know it's why they won that super bowl but um yeah i don't i don't really have much interest in derby and and again he's another guy who might end up seemingly being the number one guy with virgil green um you know stepping back into number two or he he might have been injured or something in camp i thought i saw something the other day about that but uh, I could be wrong, but I'm staying away from that that situation. 
Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm not really looking at it. I know for some like I pulled his name off only because in in the Scott Fishbowl League, now granted we have like twenty three, twenty two rounds and tight ends are at a premium. So people were taking guys like Derby, you know, and Swope. Actually I we grabbed uh, I, I grabbed Swope um late. Like he's my fourth tight end or something crazy like that. But um you know, people were grabbing Derby and are like all excited they got Derby and I'm like, really? All right, have fun with that. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, two guys here. I listed them together, and you can say if you like one, neither, both. It doesn't matter. Rich Rod and Lance Kendricks, Green Bay. They've both had success at times. Uh, Rogers, even in this offense. But now Marty Bennett is there. He's going to take, you know, all of the tight end shares away from these guys, you would imagine. But at least the way that I feel. Do you guys feel any differently with these guys? Because I want nothing, nothing to do with either one of them. Alex, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I want nothing to do with them either. I mean, Richard Rodgers, he was good one year, but – like 90% of his fantasy production came on one play. And it's just ridiculous. So um, there's too much competition for targets in that offense. Um, so, yeah, I'm staying completely away. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, Kendricks was supposed to be a a good player back when he was with uh, the, the Rams, but, you know, it never really translated to much on the field. So, I, I definitely see him being behind Rodgers on the depth chart as it is. Um, but, yeah, Bennett's going to be – I mean, they, they have so many mouths to feed in Green Bay as it is, but uh, I, I think Bennett's going to be the main guy for sure and, and by far. Yeah. I feel like Kendricks was like a preseason – you know, he destroyed it in the preseason one year. And that's how he kind of got his name. He had like a big week one, and then everybody kind of latched on to him. And a bunch of people really never let it go. They all thought he like the upside was always there at the beginning of the year, and he always got overranked, and it just never worked. So, yeah, it's time to be done with Lance Kendricks for sure. The last guy here, and this one's very interesting, I think. Now, Dwayne Allen for New England. We all know Dwayne Allen – he has he has some talent, but as we just mentioned, except for one game last year, he really did absolutely nothing. He pretty much was a flop last year, like a big bust last year. Um, because with Fleener gone, everybody thought, oh, Dwayne Allen has to be the guy. And I went all in on Allen in a bunch of leagues, and it did not work for me. And, but now he moves to New England, so he's not going to be number one. He's going to be sharing duties with Gronk, you know, backup duties with Gronk when Gronk's healthy. Is Allen – and look, we've seen New England be able to support two tight ends many times. Is But is Allen going to be one of those guys that you can trust to be, at times, a tight end one for you? No, uh, I, I, I think at times I, he might be okay, but 
even just looking at at 2015, you know, New England, I, I feel like that that year Gronk was pretty healthy um, at 72 for 120 and 11 touchdowns. Scott Chandler was their like main backup tight end guy, and he only had 23 receptions on 42 targets, uh, less than 300 yards and four touchdowns. So I I just don't know if Allen, you know, what Allen you're going to get if he's in New England. Um, And again, I think it just really will fall on whether or not Gronk is healthy to see if he's going to be worth anything. Yeah, Alex, you got anything else to add there? Oh, uh, yeah. He, I'm, he's probably my favorite player that you mentioned um, just because of New England's uh, history in supporting tight ends, whether it was Gronk and Hernandez or Gronk and Bennett last year. Um, I don't know if you can count on them every – definitely can't count them on every week, and you're going to be frustrated. But if you have to choose a guy that's the second tight end on their respective team, I think he's probably the best choice. But – his value lies in the fact that um, Gronkowski gets hurt. Uh, he's super injury prone. So if you stash him, if that's what you want to do, or if he's sitting on the waiver wire and Gronk gets hurt, I mean, you, you've got a pretty decent uh, tight end fantasy wise. And I mean, the beat reporters at Patriots camp says that Dwayne Allen's getting peppered with red zone targets from Brady. So, I mean, he may be touchdown dependent, but you know how many touchdowns Brady's going to throw for. So, Maybe he right. gets you um, a couple, you know, touchdowns and you'll be happy with that. I mean, compared to whatever else you're going to get if you're in that situation. So I, I like him out of all the players you mentioned. And I, I think he has some value and he could be very valuable if Gronk gets hurt. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like, I feel like Allen is going to be owned all season long. Like you may get added and dropped. 10 times all season long, but he's going to be owned by somebody every week because they're just going to think, Oh, I'm going to hold on to him until Gronk is hurt. Or I'm going to hold on to him, you know, because he's going to bust out. He's going to be that guy. You know, everybody always thinks back to the Gronk Hernandez days when they were both just beasts at the same time. And they're just waiting for that to happen again. And and I don't know if it ever will. That was a pretty special year. (laughs) So, I may own him yeah. too at one point, but I I don't know how much you can expect from him. The consistency is what really kills you with him. But let's move on here to some rookies, and we'll make this a little quick because we're kind of running over over time here. The three main guys, there's really nobody else: O.J. Howard, David Njoku, and Evan Ingram. Alex, any any of these guys, do you like them? Do you think they've got potential to be good this year? We're only worried about this year. Right. I mean, I think they all have potential to be good, and that's, you know, that's going against popular belief because tight ends aren't normally good in their rookie year, but I think these are exceptional tight ends. So I think they all have the potential, but I don't think that's necessarily going to come to fruition. And um, so I like – I like OJ Howard because he's already listed as a co-starter. Um, like you said, depending on what depth chart you look at. And I think uh, 
Jameis is going to be better this year, and I think that Tampa Bay offense is going to be good. He's already a good blocker, um, and he's an exceptional talent. So I like O.J. Howard. I just hate that he's going to be sharing time with Cameron Bray. And Evan Ingram, I mean, he needs to work on his blocking, but that offense is a pass-heavy offense for New York Giants. And the coach is saying they're going to move him all over the field. And he is, he could be a wide receiver. So that guy yeah. is probably the one of the, probably the best receiver of the group of rookies. So I like Evan Ingram too. And then I, I guess David Njoku, I mean, he's probably going to be the lead guy in Cleveland and they don't have a ton of pass catchers. So he could get a lot of targets, especially with rookie quarterback or second year quarterback. But um, I guess if I listed them in order, I like OJ Howard, Ingram, Njoku. Yeah, I, right. I think I'm going to go – I do think Howard's probably going to be the best bet, but I, I think he – as I said, he's got that competition there, so that worries me. I actually like Njoku first, um, and then Howard, and then Ingram. Uh, you know, if we're just looking at this year, um, I, I think Njoku's got a lot of talent. He's a big dude, and, and we've seen in the past – you know, a few years where tight ends in Cleveland have been kind of no name guys that have just come up and had great seasons, uh, especially for fantasy. Um, not saying that he's a no name guy, but he he's coming in with, you know, very little experience uh, and no experience in the NFL. So I think that that bodes well for him and, and Cleveland's going to be one of those teams that is just going to be sneaky. They're going to be fighting from behind a lot and, and they're going to need that, that stop gap, you know, safety throw. And I think he could benefit from it. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I, I've got these guys grouped right next to each other in the rankings, I, but I've got Ingram first, Howard second, and Joku third. You know, look, I, I, it's Cleveland. I, I don't know what else to tell you about Njoku. Like, it's, it's Cleveland, and they are actually considering starting Osweiler. So, no, I don't want anything to do with him. Ingram, I've I started to pay more attention to him only because of, like, what Alex was saying. They're just they're just talking this guy up. And, I mean, this guy is basically a wide receiver. I mean, there's, there's nothing else about it. Like, the guy is not going to be a blocker. He's going to be – he's going to line up away from the line when he's on the field nine times out of 10 and he's going to catch a ball. Like that's what he's going to do. Howard. Um, my thing with him and Alex, you, you, you pointed out, you said something that makes me not like him as much in that he is a good blocker and Brait is not. And so that makes me think when Howard is on the field he's going to be in to block. And so that makes me think that Howard isn't going to do as as well. But as I, as I will get into here with my reaches and steals, you will see how I ultimately feel about all of these uh, tight ends. So with the reaches and steals, I'll just kind of start here. I don't usually do this, but because I'm leading into it, I might as well just do it now. My my reach. So so what I mean by reach for those who are listening haven't heard heard the other shows is these are this is a player or players who we think are being reached on in in drafts um, and taken you know taken too early. 
And in my opinion, all of these rookie tight ends are being taken too early. I have seen these guys go sometimes as one of the top 12 tight ends. And there's no way. There's no way these guys are going to finish top 12. They've got talent, but we have seen talent for the tight end position fail miserably over and over and over again in the first year, even first two years in the NFL. It is one of the hardest positions, if not the hardest position, to get you know get prepared for in the NFL. You have to learn all the blocking schemes. You have to learn all the receiver trees. You have to learn everything. It just doesn't happen for rookie tight ends, and I will never – Never draft a rookie tight end. It's just not going to happen. So, Alex, you got next up. Who's who's being reached on? Uh, mine's Martellus Bennett. Um, I, we've mentioned him a couple times already in the show, mm-hmm. but um, he's—I mean, it's his first year in Green Bay, and he's—he's he's been successful. He's had tight end one years in Chicago and New England. Um, so now he's in Green Bay, and he's being drafted I think the seventh round um, which is crazy high um, I think that's fantasy football calculator has him in the seventh round um, for a guy that's um, joining a new team and he's good but over I mean they haven't had great tight fantasy tight ends Jared Cook was 29th last year Richard Rogers was 15th in 2015 and a lot of that came from that Hail Mary play I mentioned earlier then it was Andrew Corliss 34th in 2014 and the last one that was good was Jermichael Finley so they just don't have great fantasy tight ends in Green Bay now I heard the argument that Andrew Rogers he throws to his talent and Martel Bennett is a lot more talented than Jerry Cook Richard Rogers and Andrew Corliss yes but he also has Jordy Nelson who's super talented Devontae Adams who looked really good last year uh, Randall Cobb who's still a talented receiver Ty Montgomery's going to be catching um, uh, balls out of the backfield. So he's fourth or fifth in line for targets. I just don't think he's worth uh, a seventh-round pick. And that's easy, and I'm avoiding him at that ADP. Yeah, I uh, my reach pick is, if it wasn't already obvious, I'm going with Jordan Reed here. Um I mean, the guys listed on Fantasy Pros as the number four tight end, the the last one in the tier two. I mean, I'd be much happier taking Jimmy Graham, Tyler Eifert, Delaney Walker, probably Kyle Rudolph, uh, and and even Zach Ertz, possibly ahead of of Reed. Ertz might be a stretch, but um, you just can't count on the health and. He's a beast when he's in there, like I said, but he's never really in there enough. So I'm passing on him. All right. Fair enough. Um, we'll go the opposite order here. AJ, go ahead and give your your steal in the draft. Well, I had a couple of guys I was going back and forth on. The first one was uh, CJ Theodorowitz in Houston. I felt like he had a solid season last year, and with the change in quarterback, that could definitely help his cause. Um, but I'm going to go with Ben Watson here uh, of Baltimore. Um, he had a lot of success in his last year of playing, which was two years ago, in uh, in New Orleans with Drew Brees. 
uh, taken over for Jimmy Graham once he left. And he never really got the chance to play last year because of his injury. So I, I think he could get off to a little bit of a slow start because of fighting off the rust. Um, but Joe Flacco, and, and he's obviously injured as well, but he should be back before end of camp. He loves throwing the ball to his tight ends. And Dennis Pitta had the most receptions of, of you know, the team last year with 86. Um, you know, they still have Mike Wallace there, but they lost Steve Smith and they lost Pitta. So two of their top three guys are not there anymore, and Watson will be there to pick up the slack. I, I think he could definitely be a great steal later on, and, and he may not. He, he he's probably going to go undrafted, but he's someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's uh, that's a, that's an interesting one. So you know, I'm I'm I am keeping watch on that that Baltimore situation this preseason. I doubt I will draft any of them, but. I think they're guys you can keep an eye on too, uh, Alex. What what you got here for your your steal of the draft? Yeah, my guy is actually someone I'm starting to target pretty often as my late round tight end. And um, I mean, the fantasy community is often really early on a player and they hype them up, and it's not till a year later they're good. And so my player is uh, Kobe Fleener, who was hyped up like crazy last year. He was decent in Indianapolis. Now he's going, now he went to the Saints where um, Ben Watson, like AJ mentioned, he had 110 targets and was good. And then there was the Jimmy Graham era where Jimmy Graham got 140 targets a year for four years. So everybody was um, on board the Kobe Fleener train and then he disappointed, but it wasn't the Saints fault. It was his, the coaches knew he was having trouble acclimating the offense. He knew he was having trouble acclimating to the offense. And he still finished as a tight end one in standard scoring. I think he finished as a 12th best tight end. Um, he saw 81 targets from Drew Brees. And now Brandon Cooks is gone. And this is a team that's had uh, three receivers with over 100 targets two years in a row. So I think Fleener is going to go up from that 81 and get closer to the 100. And it, but he was tied, like I said, he was tied at 12 last year. I think that's his floor in the and get better, and with Drew Brees throwing to him and how much Drew Brees loves the tight end, I think if his floor is tight end 12 when he had a disappointing year, that he could easily finish above tight end 12, and he's the 20th ranked uh, tight end on Fantasy Pros right now, ADP-wise. The 20th best tight end, he finished as tight end 12 last year, so he's a, he's a major steal to me. He's going in the uh, 14th round or later, sometimes undrafted. So that's my steal. That is a fantastic one. Uh, I was hoping nobody was paying attention to him, but apparently you are. So um, I was not going to say him because I was hoping to steal him a bunch of drafts. But the guy who I am kind of secondary looking at and who I would probably draft ahead of him anyway is Eric Ebron. Uh, Eric Ebron's ADP is 14. And... You know that that's pretty much right where he finished last year, so it's kind of spot on. But you know, you've got you've got guys ahead of him like O.J. Howard, like Jack Doyle, still, um, like Ertz, who I'm not really sure should be ahead of him. You know, Ebron was supposed to kind of come on the scene last year. He he's a lot like Fleener, where everybody was hyping him up last year to be like the guy, and it kind of flopped. 
Um, I even think he was dealing with some injuries last year as well. But the addition of Bolden in that offense kind of killed the value of a bunch of guys. I don't think anybody expected Bolden to do what he did last year. He he basically became the de facto tight end for that team. He wasn't really useful until they got inside the 20. <laughs> and so, you know, in the red zone. And so he took a lot of those, those red zone targets away from guys like Ebron and Tate. And, and I think with, with him gone, Ebron is going to see those targets go back to him. And it's all going to be about health. The beat writers and everything you're hearing from camp, and I know it's camp news, so take it with a grain of salt, but at least it's good. Like, when you don't hear anything about a player, that's usually bad. Because um, you don't usually hear a lot of bad things about players. But when it's, like, really, really good, that makes me think, you know, he's standing out. He's starting to click with the uh, with Matt Stafford and things like that. And so I, I like Ebron to kind of make another step this year and finish in, in the, you know, the top 10 range, you know, maybe even top – eight range for tight ends and he's going well outside that right now um so eric ebron is is my steal <clears throat> so that's it for the tight end preview alex thank you for coming on um before you leave let everybody know where they can find you on twitter and elsewhere yeah, sure thing. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. It was a blast. You guys, you can find me at Alex B. Hamrick on Twitter. That's Alex B. Hamrick. Check me out at fantasy6pack.net. You can see our rankings and check out my articles. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's it for the show. You you just did my job for me. So, uh, no. <laughs> All good, man. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, again, thanks for coming on. Great stuff, as always. You definitely dropped some Drop some knowledge that I did not, I definitely did not know. So, uh, definitely appreciate you coming on, and we will, <clears throat> we will have to bring you on again later this season to to cover some some weekly fantasy football uh, analysis for us. But yeah, you know. sure thing, awesome. All right, well, have a good right. night, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. All right, yeah, so. <clears throat> So again, yeah, we're done. We're done with the uh, tight end previews. That is the final position preview for the the preseason here for the 2017 season. If you have not listened to the rest of them, go back on Blog Talk Radio here and listen to the quarterbacks, the running backs, the receivers, and of course the tight ends. Here, uh, we'll get you prepared for the season and for your drafts. Um, AJ, let's go ahead and, and cover these preseason injuries here that you listed out. I did not realize that you put these on the show. Um, as I said, I kind of was running a little close to cutting, you know, cutting it pretty close to getting to the show here, and I think you were too. So, yeah, preseason uh, injury. Go ahead and, so and, I'll just and rip, rip through, through them real quick then. Um, pretty much, uh, like I said, Joe Flacco uh, is out right now. He's dealing with a back injury. Um, as of yesterday, when I put this uh, agenda together, there wasn't any clear timetable on, on his return other than 
maybe I did see it today, Harbaugh saying that he felt like he should be back by the end of camp, um, uh, or I'm sorry, end of preseason as well. So um, Quincy Inunwa of the Inunua. Jets, Inunwa, uh, my apologies, Quincy. He is out with <laughs> a neck thing. injury, and uh, of course he is. And uh, he's officially on the IR. He will miss the season. Uh, I believe I saw something from the range of six to nine months recovery time. Uh, so that's a that's a pretty brutal uh, range there. Um, Needless you know, to say, if we have not gotten into this, if we have not said this before, do not draft any New York Jets. It's just correct. not going to happen this year for anybody. They, yeah. <laughs> there are actually people predicting the Jets to set the record for the least number of points scored in a season. Do you even have an idea what the lowest number of points scored in a season is? Um, it's got to be in like the low hundreds, uh, like 200 points maybe, less than that probably. You went low hundreds, and then you said 200. I have no idea where your well, head's low, at. Like low hundreds, <laughs> as in like one, like under 500 points is is the low hundreds. Oh, it is 140 points by okay. the 1992 Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. 148.75 points a game. That is how low. And people are actually predicting them to score less. It is because their number one receiver is going to be like Ardarius Stewart, who is currently injured, and I'm pretty sure he's a rookie. Uh, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. And yeah, he was a rookie last gross. year. Gross. I mean, they got Matt Forte, they got Blob Howell. That's fine. They have no quarterback. Their offensive line is atrocious. They let their two they let their the receivers go. Um it, yeah. It is it is a complete disaster over there. I'm not drafting any New York Jets. I don't care how far they fall in the draft, I will not take them. Yeah, Powell's the, the only guy that I would actually attempt to but, go after. But I don't even know I if I would do that. I don't even I don't, know if yeah. I would do that. I don't think I want I him either. I seriously think I would. I think I would really rather have like Chris Thompson over Bilal Powell at this point. And Chris Thompson's fine. Don't get me wrong, but like Chris Thompson's nothing. I'm like riding, you know, hanging my hat on in fantasy. Yeah, it's it's not a good situation. <laughs> Just run no, away. No, definitely anyway, not. So moving on. Uh, the last one, last one I had here. Uh, Quincy will miss the season, obviously. Like I said, uh, the last one I had here is um, Will Fuller. Of Houston is out indefinitely right now with a broken collarbone. Um, uh, it's it's not going to be a season-ending injury, but they don't have uh, again uh, as of writing this yesterday. They did not have a clear timetable of exactly when he'll be back, but he should be able to to log some games this season. So. I don't know if they'll put him on the pup list and then see how that goes or if they're going to just transfer him to the IR will return list or whatever um, that they've, that they instituted last year. So 
those are the three three main guys that I that I have. I, I haven't done much further digging. Uh, we've already kind of talked about Andrew Luck um, and his inabilities to to be a hundred percent healthy right now. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not too up on any other injuries, but those are the big yeah, and, names that I've heard. And, uh, you know, I was going to kind of preview some of our, our next topics. We haven't decided exactly when, you know, what shows all these topics are going to fall on right, right yet. But I think we were going to meet and discuss that, but you know, we've got, we've got some ADP discussion. We've got some risers and fallers. Those kind of go in hand. You know, we've got injuries. I think we'll cover those kind of as the preseason evolves. Um, we will be having Bob Lung from, uh, I think it's Big Shot Sports or something like that. Um, I probably butchered that completely. Um, so sorry, Bob, if if I did. But we know we've had him on before talking about consistency, and that's big guy fantasy. There we go. That was semi close. Um, <laughs> it had big in it. Sorry, Bob. Um, but. You know, talking about consistency in fantasy football, he writes his consistency guide every year. Make sure you go ahead and grab that. You know, we'll have some other topics as well mixed in here. So make sure you join us the rest of the uh, preseason here so we can prepare you for your fantasy football season and take you to the championship, guys. So anyway, that's it for the show. Um, AJ, you got anything else to add? No, that's it. Uh, Good, good bunch of uh preview shows thank you again to uh to all of our guests that that came out to to help us do everything uh with the previews and uh we'll be we'll be looking at at getting you all back on again soon i'm sure so be be ready for the call absolutely all right well see you all next week all right night Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.